It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And with that, it is the one, the only, Aditi Kinkabwala, who joins us now to discuss this exact same topic. What's up, Aditi? Good morning, everybody. How are you? Are we wrong on our hierarchy in the AFC North moving forward? You know what, guys? I just feel like there's so much unknown. Well, there is. That's what we do. We, 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 you know, we project. We try to figure it out. But based on what we get a month from now. We know T. Higgins is back. Is that you talk about the three amigos? And so it's We assume that he's going to get franchised. So for the sake of this discussion, I had him on the Bengals roster. Um... So, but, but, and I know there's a million unknowns and it's not like we're going to write this in cement. You know, like when I, when I'm listening to you talk about the Ravens, yes, personnel is a big part of it, but I also think coaching is such a huge part of it. And you look at what John Harbaugh did in bringing in Todd Monken. And I actually wrote about this last week. I I wrote a column for CBSSports.com essentially asking why more owners don't look at special teams coordinators for head coaches and that it's actually special teams coordinators that have the best training to be a head coach, to run a whole organization. That's a separate conversation. But I talked to John Harbaugh about that because, of course, he was a special teams coordinator for nine years. And in this article, I was talking about how John Harbaugh's really good friend was Cam Cameron, but he felt that Joe Flacco would just respond better to Jim Caldwell than he would Cam Cameron. He made a change in the middle of the season, and guess what? They won a Super Bowl. Then he had Marty Morningweg and Greg Roman. He'd made the change to Lamar Jackson, and he thought that Greg Roman better fit Lamar Jackson. They got to a certain point, and he said, you know what? We need this offense to take another step, and instead of getting a system guy like everybody else in the league seems to be doing, getting someone from that Mike Shanahan tree, he went and got a guy that's not a system, Todd Monken. And look at what that offense is doing. When you talk about Zay Flowers, of course Zay Flowers deserves credit for who he is and how he works and having a teammate like Odell Beckham Jr. pushing him along, but it's also on Todd Monken and how he uses him. So like when you talk about the Browns right now, and everybody knows how much I love Alex Van Pelt as a human being, I hope that there's an opportunity for him to go somewhere and call plays, which is something that I suspect he's wanted to do for a long time but here's a chance for the browns to infuse some new blood into the organization some new ideas some new thoughts what does that do does that change the offense in some way does that take deshaun watson to another level we've been expecting a lot out of deshaun watson for two years now we still haven't seen what that 230 million dollars is If you get more of what you got this year, then okay, you look at the Browns that way. If you get who the Browns thought they were getting when they gave him all that money, it's a totally different thing. So it just, I know that this is part of the fun, Jay. I know speculating and ranking and guessing and all of that is part of the game. It just feels like it's so hard to lock yourself in right now. Well, we said all four teams are pretty close. I mean, it's all four teams are pretty, pretty good. The reason ultimately that I put the Ravens and Bengals in the top two spots is because I trust their quarterback situations more than I trust the Steelers and the the Browns. And we're not asking you to put money on this. 
It's just a fun. You're right. We have to fill 10 hours a week. We need to have fun conversations about this kind of stuff. So we guess a lot. And and, and And you know what? We're wrong a lot, too. I do think that so much of it, yes, is what the quarterbacks have shown us up until this point. But you could argue, also argue, I mean, who thought last year that it was going to be Brock Purdy that came out of that quarterback room in San Francisco and would have his team as the best team in the NFC? So there's also, it's it's hard for me, probably because of where I grew up and how I grew up on football one could argue that when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, T.J. Watt is way more valuable to them than any quarterback. I mean, they're one and eleven without T.J. Watt. Yeah, you're right. He's meant more to them than any other player. That's for well, sure. but they haven't had a good <clears throat> quarterback with them in recent years. So, I mean, he was Would drafted they have been one and eleven. Seventeen. Ben Roethlisberger play? wasn't quite at the very end until the last few years. Mm-hmm. So he did have several years with Ben Roethlisberger when Roethlisberger was still allegedly playing well and closer to, if not peak, at least elite caliber play. I would argue that How long has he been in the league? Has he ever won a playoff game? 2017. He's never won a playoff game. Wow. How crazy is that? That's you know, nice. and it's funny because, nice. I mean, here's another crazy one. Baker Mayfield has won more playoff games since he's been in the league than Mike Tomlin has. So what is that, 2018? Oh. Is that when Baker was drafted? Yeah. Baker Mayfield has more playoff wins in the last six years than Mike Tomlin does. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, over the last six years. Then Tomlin does over the last six years, certainly not for his career. But right, over right, the right. Last, since... No, but I mean, but Mike Tomlin has exactly three playoff wins in the last 13 years. He has zero playoff wins in seven years. What did you make of his... Like Mike McCarthy, they want, in Dallas, they want to run Mike McCarthy out because his regular season record is good, but his playoff record isn't. Well, what about Mike Tomlin? Right. No, they're, they're kind of one in the same. What did you make of Tomlin leaving the podium kind of in a huff when asked about his future there? I mean, I think there's two sides to this, right? I think that when you are a beat reporter, the person who asked the question is the beat reporter, you learn who you are asking the questions of, who your subject is. Right. The chances of getting a good answer there and knowing that you would have a season-ending press conference with him. I don't know that I would have chosen that as the time and place for that, knowing that Mike Tomlin is not necessarily someone who's going to field that sort of question in that environment in the immediate aftermath of a press conference. I mean, sorry, in the immediate aftermath of a playoff loss. Having said that, I don't think it would have been that hard for Mike Tomlin to have simply said, I'm not going to talk about that right now, or this isn't the place for that, or does anyone have any questions about the game? I think that there could have been a way to handle that that would not have felt so abrupt and, quite frankly, a bit demeaning to the reporter. It shows you how sensitive he is Again, let me just say this. Even though I said that I may not, Jay, have asked that question in that particular moment, and I may have waited for the season-ending press conference simply because of who Mike Tomlin is, anybody has a right to ask anything that they want to. That is a reporter's job. A reporter's job is to ask questions. And head coaches make a lot of money to have to deal with the media. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Diddy, I'm going to ask you this I think question. It goes both ways. I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around this, and I'm still trying because I'll be act- asking Bull all the time. So let me get this straight. So let me give you this example. Your wife handles all the finances, right? She's the one who pays the bills. She got the spreadsheet. Everything's ready to go, right? You go to the grocery store. You, you know, you, you, you're limited to one card. All you got is one card. So you go up there, and it's like five bucks. You swipe it. There's nothing on there. You're like, this is crazy. I don't know what's going on. I don't. So, so you get back home after you use another card, and you say, uh, hey, uh, I, I used this card, and it was you know, you know, it just didn't have anything on it. And she was like, yeah, you know what? That's your problem. You're bad with money. And that's why I'm handling all the finances. You're like, hold on though. Like I, I just go to work and the money goes in there. You, you tell me where it goes, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still you should have known that there was something on it. There wasn't nothing on that card. So she comes out and says, you're terrible with finances. My question is, you say, gee, Bush, what does this have to do with football? <laughs> How is it? That you can get fired as the offensive coordinator, and you don't call no plays, and you're not in tra- you're not even in charge of the passing game. So O'Shea's in charge of the passing game. Uh, Stefanski calls the plays, and they get credit for saying, "Look at the job you did with five quarterbacks. Look at offensive line is terrible." Matter of fact, we they give him an extension now. But you get to the end of the season, and you're looking around, and you're like, "Hold on, well, I don't call the plays. I don't. I kind of just hang out." Why am I getting fired? Should Alex Van Pelt feel a certain type way? Well, I will just say this. From what I have been told, and I take this word very personally, fire is a very strong word. And we might be talking semantics here. We might be quibbling a little bit. But Kevin Stefanski is not the ultimate boss of the Cleveland Browns organization. Even he has to report to people. And my understanding is that there was an organizational feeling that it would be nice to have an infusion of some varied and different and perhaps new offensive ideas. And my understanding is that Alex Van Pelt is uniformly respected and liked. And there was a conversation about whether and to your point, the title of OC did not involve calling plays as many OCs do. There was a conversation about what, whether Alex Van Pelt would like to manage the quarterback room, for instance, and perhaps have a reassignment in terms of title. A maybe not necessarily even in terms of role, demotion, but maybe demotion. the role wouldn't even be that different. Just the title would be different so because in demotion, order to bring though. in this new infusion, sure, in order to bring in new ideas, you might have to offer a certain title in order to get this new influx of ideas. You might not be able to get 
a quarterback's coach to bring in new ideas. You might not be able to get a tight ends coach to bring in new ideas. You might need to offer this title of OC. And perhaps Alex Van Pelt, who's been a coach in the league for a long time and has had a desire to call plays, would have had the opportunity to call plays elsewhere. So firing suggests that we are done with you within our organization. We want nothing to do with you. Your time has lapsed. I don't know that that is entirely a fair way to phrase the way it went down. Of course, that is the wording that was first used by the first reporter to report it, and that's what we run with. But sometimes it's just time to go in a different direction on both ends. That's Amicably like can be the way. That's why we like you on this show. You, you just you, you cleared, you, up a you lot. cleared up a lot for us. We I, trying, I, I was confused. We were asking earlier <laughs> in the show, why are the Browns so upset that we found out? Well, they're upset we found out because before they could spin it, in the words you just used, Josina used the words and other reporters used the word fired. Now, in everyday terms, he wasn't promoted. He wasn't demoted. He's certainly not back. So maybe they wanted to use the words, it's a mutual decision. It's a parting of the ways. You hear that all the time. But typically, I mean, we heard about it with Belichick, right? Of course we did. But what that... Here's... So here's that here's what that's code for. The team was done with you, but we're giving you the opportunity because of your cachet within the organization and in Belichick's case your incredible resume, we're giving you the opportunity to say that you're resigning. Well, Bill's saying, I'm not gonna resign. I'm not saying I resigned. So we can all read through the spin and the rhetoric. And we know what it was. The Patriots were done with them. Right, but the truth is, at the end of the day, and I sat in meetings with Bill Belichick, I'm not sure that Bill Belichick wasn't ready to go too. I mean, was Tom Brady fired? Or was Tom Brady, you know what, I'm ready to go someplace else. Fired is just a very charged word. You know, And, and as somebody who left an organization two years ago, I left a job. I was not fired from that job. If people say I was fired... It, it riles me up. That's not a fair frame. Well, yeah, you left. So, your contract was up and you left. Correct? I mean, I'm not at liberty to totally talk about it, but yes, hey. in some way. <laughs> well, Aditi, yes. as someone who went through so, something hey. very similar, and my situation is really incredible because my situation was well, I got a three-year paycheck for free. I was still fired. <laughs> hey. You can call it whatever you want, ESPN. Hey, you can call it a but buyout. Again, again. I was Fired. I was told for what you make and what you bring, you're no longer a value. So we're going to, I was so much not a value. They paid me to stay home. But here's the bottom line. I was fired. Period. I mean, again, again, Jay, I think so much of this is how you want to phrase something. I mean, I I was laid off at the Bergen record a long time ago. It was a layoff. There was a um, creation of a consortium of newspapers. Jobs were eliminated. I've never called that a fire. This seems like like this is over our pay grade. The last time I was arguing with somebody, whether it was a layoff and a strike or whatever it was, I was in their unemployment. I said, I got to get this unemployment. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know this to be true because I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't asked Alex Van Pelt. I haven't asked him if he would have, I don't know if he would have 
let's say if the Browns wanted to keep this quiet out of respect, and again, this is pure speculation, okay? So we're just having a conversation here since we were speculating about the AFC North before. What if the Browns wanted to keep it quiet so they could quietly go talk to, let's say, a Deuce Staley, so they could talk to other people, but also give Alex the time to go seek his own job. Okay, but- A different job where he could indeed call plays. What if the Browns weren't ready to announce any of this publicly because they wanted to give him a little window of time I get that. I understand that. But Aditi, you're a piece of this industrial machine. You know how it works. Do you really think that a team is going to fire or shake hands and say goodbye to three coaches and it's going to be under the lid for two, three days? Come on, you know better than that. I mean, you're right, but I think that, I mean, at this point, instead of quibbling over the way that that was all released, it's more sort of intriguing to think about what the Browns will do now, how that will affect where they're going, is, is, as we keep talking about, Deshaun Watson the answer, and if Deshaun Watson is constantly talking about how much he likes playing with Kevin Stefanski, yet what we saw out of Joe Flacco under Kevin Stefanski versus what we've seen from Deshaun Watson... You know, what? what is the infusion of ideas? What concepts would you like to see more of in the Browns offense that you sp- think speaks better to what Deshaun Watson can do? And I mean, I, I, I went on a rant a few weeks ago with you over the Joe Flacco thing where I was like, let's just enjoy it for the moment. You did. Well, that's over now. Next year. But now it's on the table. Do you want yeah. Joe Flacco in that room? That, well, the, the, that, yeah, that moment of just so toxic with the fan base. That moment, unfortunately, is gone. The season is over. And uh, I, I guess the most disturbing thing is if, if this was hand, if this is an ownership decision to move on, I don't love that. But I can live with it if Kevin Stefanski is allowed to pick the guys he wants to bring in with new ideas and not Jimmy Haslam picks the guys. Because the idea that Jimmy would pick some guys that don't mesh with Stefanski, uh, to me, is a, is a doomed fail, a strategy. That will eventually blow up in their face. So I'm hoping Kevin Stefanski, whether it was his decision or not to let Alex Van Pelt go, uh, gets to hire the next guy. Do you have confidence I mean, that he all, will? All, all we can say, I can't speculate about the future. All I can speak to is what we know from the past. And I can say this, that I know the hiring of Jim Schwartz was very collaborative with Andrew Barry, if not driven by Andrew Barry, because of course, Barry knows Jim Schwartz from Philly. I know that the hiring of Bubba Ventrone was very collaborative. Everything that I've ever heard about what the Browns do is indeed collaborative and not an edict from ownership. But again, that's what we've seen. That's not necessarily what will be going forward. All I can all we, any of us can do is look to a guide of the past, essentially, Aditi, and hope that there's something strong in there. The, the buzzword that you use there is collaborative. And we know that ultimately that's great. If you have an organization with four chiefs at the top and they can all agree on something, that's the ideal situation. But as you know, guys have their preferences. And Jim Donovan made a good point yesterday. He said it's going to be interesting to see how this job is filled because it's going to tell us a lot about the organization, just as Jim Schwartz hiring last year said. But because this is Stefanski's area of expertise, it's not the defense, 
I can understand why the GM might have a louder voice in that room when it comes to picking a defensive coordinator. But his area of expertise, and as far as I know, he will continue being the play caller. To me, I don't think a collaborative is appropriate here. Kevin, this is going to be your right hand. Kevin, this is going to be your lieutenant in your expertise. You have to feel comfortable with this person. In this particular instance, I think this is a Kevin Stefanski decision, and I think it should be a Kevin Stefanski decision. Um, do you okay? So here, with that? here, here's where here's where I'll once again kind of throw out a different idea, and I'll refer back to this conversation I had with John Harbaugh last week. There are certain coaches that are slaves to scheme. Okay, they run a scheme, and that's what they run, and it doesn't really matter who their players are. Their scheme is their scheme is their Understood. scheme. John Harbaugh is not that kind of guy. He has some core core principles on defense that come all the way from his dad. But in general, John Harbaugh is not a slave to a scheme. Kevin Stefanski, to me, has some core principles on offense that he believes in, but he has never struck me as someone who I only will do what I want to do. And in fact, it's the opposite. He goes so out of his way to say, my favorite play is what the quarterback wants to run, is what the quarterback feels good about. Not that he's afraid to push back or expose a quarterback to new, new ideas, but he has never, ever, ever struck me as a man who is so locked in to doing things only his way. So I think, I believe that in my personal experience with Kevin Stefanski, he's a man that would be open to ideas, open to new concepts, open to implementing different things. And I think we see that in the fact that he started five different quarterbacks and didn't necessarily run the exact same things with all five quarterbacks. Yeah, he couldn't. So... I think that, yes, you do need someone that he can mesh with, someone he can get along with, someone that he shares certain central tenets with. But even then, you know, it's funny. I was talking to our good friend, Jason Lloyd, this morning, and he was referencing something Kevin said about using the pass to set up the run. When if you would ask me, I would always say Kevin's the type of guy that uses the run to set up the pass. Well, he's willing to look at it both ways. So I don't... I have a really, really hard time believing or thinking or being willing to say that Jimmy Haslam coming off of a season like this, Jimmy and D Haslam coming off of a season like this would say, this is the guy you're hiring and that's that. I, that I struggled to buy. They may have some ideas. They may be curious about people. They may encourage things and they're the owners. They're allowed to do that. That's yeah, the privilege of right. ownership. It's yeah. what hey, David last... Tepper could do. It's Yeah. Yeah. Any Last, owner, you look around the league, they sorry. have the privilege of doing what they want to do. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt at the moment. All right, I talked over you three times there. I apologize. <laughs> sorry, uh, no, no problem. Uh, I'm curious. This has nothing to do with the Browns or anything. But, you know, yesterday um, there was, I don't know, did you see this this thing with the Lions beat uh, some, some reporter at a Lions press conference asking, no, uh, not the, the Lions, the, the Buccaneers. Did you see this? Oh, you know? Todd Bowles, yes. So, yeah, for those who don't know, Todd Bowles about was asked. About the cold weather, yes. About the cold weather in Detroit. The reporter didn't know that it was an indoor stadium. Now, it sounded to me like maybe this was a news reporter who was – that happened sometimes. Same to me. It was both. It, it, it was. Confirmed. It was wait, a news wait, reporter. Have you confirmed it? Because I poked around with 
friends that I have in Tampa, they told someone told me that the Bucks were actually, you know, had taken action to not let everybody know who she was. Someone said the sports princess is this person's name. I read an article that it was. I'll send you the article. I I just read something that yeah, said it was a um, I I was told by yeah. people at well, two I, different way, organizations Bull, there that they no one knows who it is. Well, but Mike, you yeah, got it doesn't matter, Bull. Ask you, your question. Sorry. No, but I think it does matter if she. I mean, like, and so of course, if you it's know, a news reporter, she gets slapped. Right. I, I my first reaction was like, what an idiot, you know, and wanting to like make fun of her like anybody else, but but then I was like, I saw people saying, I don't know, that like, do we have to? Sh- to, to shit on everybody that screws up, that makes a mistake. And I, I know I do it a lot. I make fun of people sometimes, and it's it's it's, it's, it's mean. It's really that big. Like, and, that's petty. And I don't know. I, I just was curious your thoughts about it. And, and it is different if it's a news reporter. And I always find it weird when news reporters do sports because they usually don't know anything about sports. I, I and go they get forever put in, about that because they get, I, they get put in bad spots. But, 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 this is also but. <laughs> I mean, is it different if it's a news reporter? It's funny yeah. because I actually was texted it twice by two of my my regular play-by-play guy and my analyst from last year both texted it to me. Yeah. And obviously you sigh, you moan. I hate that it's a woman because that just feeds into the stereotype right. that we don't know what we're talking about. To both of them, I said, it sure sounds like it's a news reporter, not a sports yeah. reporter, just because news reporters have a different way of phrasing things. Yes. But is it really different? Because it no matter what our assignment is, aren't we supposed to prepare? Aren't yeah, we supposed Aditi. to know the basics? Yes, it is. You know, but... I'm not a golf reporter, but if you send me onto a golf course, you better believe I'm going to do my research and right. try not to embarrass myself. You're a pro, <laughs> and that's fair. But Aditi, if, and I can't believe I'm going to actually make this argument, but I've worked in local television newsrooms for longer than I was at ESPN. I've been 18 years in local television newsrooms, 17 years at ESPN. I felt for that girl the second I heard it. Now, if I'm wrong, okay, I'm wrong. She bears some of the responsibility. Here's the way the machine in the local newsroom works. Reporters come in. They're sitting around the table at a morning meeting. It's all dependent on the available reporters they have. It's my guess that there were no sports reporters available that day uh, because oftentimes they work the weekends and they're off Monday and Tuesday. So because we don't have a sports reporter... We're going to send a news reporter out, and someone in the newsroom made this idea. Hey, it's cold in Detroit, and historically, the Bucks don't play well in cold weather. We should send someone over there to ask the coach, what are you doing to get ready for this cold? Wouldn't the, now, but wouldn't the person that knows the Bucks don't play in cold weather know that the, the game was indoors? Around that meeting, around yeah. that table, there are oftentimes – People that are just not sports fans. I can They're attest. just not. I can you attest. worked in a local newsroom too. I was called a lot in during my years as a reporter and an anchor. Jay, someone just got arrested for DUI. We need you to go over to Ohio State and to get a uh, reaction. I, my line was this. Touchdowns, me. Handcuffs, newsroom. I don't deal with that. I don't know anything about that world. I, now, to your point, Aditi, we're all, we can do homework. But the way I'm guessing this went down was it was assigned at 9.30. The reporter, probably with no sports background whatsoever, was sent over there. And it was one of those instances where, and this happens a lot, unfortunately, and this is an indictment on our business. When a reporter is sent to a scene and they call back and say, there's really nothing here. Oftentimes what they're told by the producer, well, I've got a minute and a half for my show for that story, so turn something. 
It's not a story. We got to move on. We got to find something else. But oftentimes, we do the show at 6 the way it was produced at 9.30. So this girl likely was told she was going to go out there and do a story on the Bucks getting ready to play a game in cold weather, got in the news vehicle, drove directly to the news conference, knowing what question she was going to ask, and asked it. Yes, she could have found out or done research that Detroit plays in a dome. But I could totally understand how something like this happens. And Mike's looking at me, shaking his head, because you've been in those meetings. You know how this stuff goes. They put her in a bad situation, and it's unfortunate. Now, if it comes out that she's actually a sports person, no excuse. But you know, Jay, what my real takeaway from the whole thing was? Did Tom Bowles handle that oh, in a really classy right. way? I'm glad you said that. Amazingly. Do you? Because it, and since wow. you brought up Mike Tomlin at the end of his press conference and whether he was right to not want to answer that question, I'm thinking back. This is a while ago now, five, six, seven years ago, and the Steelers had played multiple bad games out on the West Coast. And it might have even been the Raiders two years in a row. My memory isn't perfectly right. You could look this up. But they had gone out, they'd faced a very bad Raiders team and lost. Then the next year, they'd gone out, once again, faced a very bad Raiders team and lost. And I knew that the Ravens had been going west a day early. Now, I know more often a West Coast team will fly to the east a day early. But it's not without precedent that an East Coast team, when going west, might go out a little bit early. And the Browns stayed out there for a week this year. So I had asked Mike Tomlin uh, if he had considered changing his team's travel schedule to account for the time change. And he gave me a very, um, I hate to phrase it, but it wasn't a, it, it wasn't quite as warm an answer. It, the answer was, well, the way that the time change works is that they're behind us. So we gain hours when we go there. And that was his answer, explaining how time differences work to me. And lo and behold, I come to find out that the Steelers, while not going out a day early, were indeed scheduled to fly hours earlier than they usually did for any road trip. Yeah, interesting. But he had chosen to answer it that way to me. Todd Bowles very easily could have been like, no, we're playing in a dome. Yeah. He could have been snarky about it. He could have been abrupt. He could he have rolled gentleman. his eyes. He could have said, gentleman. you do know that Detroit plays in a dome, right? right? He could have done any of those things. Yeah. And he didn't. And yeah, I thought, he handled and so it really well. I thought that clip was... Is that he got a dumb, uninformed question. Yes. And yet he handled it yes. as kindly as he possibly could I'm have. glad you said that. I thought the yeah. clip was as notable for his response yeah. and the way he chose to handle it. Because as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm thinking, man, this woman should be glad that she wasn't sent to ask Bill Belichick oh a question God. like right. that. Or in the old days, right. Bill Parcells. How about Nick Saban? Uh, there's a lot of co- – Nick, Nick Saban's another one. And there are some coaches who I have decided, and I won't name names. You probably know who they are. There are some coaches who I believe who love it. When a female reporter asks a less than brilliant question, we've all asked questions that aren't great. But the one thing I've always been sympathetic for, and I and and in fact makes me angry, is when a coach lights up a female reporter for a bad question, when he could always choose the easier path and the more gentlemanly well, when path. Well, he wouldn't do like it, like Todd Bolt. He man. wouldn't have done it to well, a man. And it doesn't, yeah. guys. It doesn't even have to be a bad question. It could be a I bad know. question. Yeah. 
I've you seen women ask perfectly good questions. In Pittsburgh's question to Mike Tomlin, you could argue, why, while it may not have been the ideal time and place for some people, it was a valid question. Mike Tomlin has never had just one year left on his contract. He usually has an extension. Right. It's a valid question. It is. We, Wasn't a dumb Mike's question. saying we've got to go. Should we make anything okay. about the fact that Kevin Stefanski has one year left? Should, would, would, I don't. Uh, I don't know what the a, history. I don't know what the history of the Browns organization and how they handle. I do. Coaches. They never get to the last year of their contract. They're always fired way before <laughs> exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I we're mean, in, what we're is in it, uncharted waters here. Ten years. Is that what it is? Probably. Yeah, we're in uncharted territory. The coach never gets to his last year in Cleveland. It's a brave new world out there. <laughs> Aditi, you're awesome. I, I would say, I would argue very quickly, it is smart to do an extension because he absolutely deserves one. I don't know that anybody else has proven that they are um, emotionally, mentally, logically equipped to be at the top of this organization. And I think it sends a good message to players that this is not a lame duck coach. But again, there's two sides to every story. Maybe Kevin Stefanski doesn't want an extension. Who knows? Ooh, okay. Paul, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out okay. there. I'm just yeah, so, saying you never know. Yeah. Well, Please they're don't saying do, the same thing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mike, you don't turn that into a Twitter clip for me to get all. I won't. Uh, don't worry. Do not worry. <laughs> Aditi, you're so got, much more than we'll a Twitter clip. see you later. All right. Thanks, Aditi. Thanks, guys. Have fun. Bye. We'll talk soon. I love her insight. Aditi, I love her phenomenal. As so always, we spent the first hour 40 of the show talking Browns. We're going to spend a couple minutes on the Cavs here after we talk about Jace Medical. I know we come to sports as an escape from the crazy realities of real life, but let's just talk about preparing for real life for a minute. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of important antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And guys, that's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than my loved ones getting sick while a supply chain issue keeps them from important life-saving medication they need. So thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, and others. And this could happen to any of us at any time. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So visit jacemedical.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first offer. Mike, I got to say, before we get to the Cavaliers here, give me 60 seconds to say. Take it. You're good. That Mikey McNuggets, I've known the man for now a year and a half. Well, more than that. Yeah. A year and three quarters. He is, and, and I've worked with excellent producers in my career. Yeah, you have. Mikey McNuggets is the best producer I've ever worked with. I say this sincerely. Now, I'm leading up to a criticism, but I'm going to, but I'm, oh, I, I'm starting. there. I, no, I, but I'm starting with the uh, uh, 100%. So then it seems like it was gratuitous because I'm going to knock you to the ground. So no, before I because do, I'm gonna... they're, they're minor criticisms. If I had okay. to give Mikey McNuggets a score out of 100. <clears throat> yeah. I would give him a 99.7. Like, that's a perfect grade. <laughs> Mike, I give PFF. you 100. That's a PFF He is phenomenal. Yeah. I love him. PFF as a, grade. I love him as a human being. I love him as producer. He is creative. He's thoughtful. He's smart. He's, he's the hardest worker I've ever met. He's on top of everything. Yes. But there's three minor Piccadillies I have with Not Mike. Not one, three. 
three minor well, picadillies. I, I, I'm 97 point, 99.7, so point one. Yeah, one, you're right. You get point one. Let me hear him, Bull. Let one, him. you're terrible at the Jace medical read. Yes. You're awful at the Jace medical read. I admit, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number okay. two, it drives me nuts when, and, and I know why you do it, because some members of the panel don't pay attention. But when you, so we all have earpieces, right? You see, you see the earpiece there. We all wear earpieces during the show. So Mike can talk to us without it going over the air. But when we're doing an interview, it can be distracting because I'm trying to hear what the Oh, what the you don't saying. like that. I, I, I know it's part of the deal. I don't like it. But I don't mind that he does it because he has to. He has no sure. choice. But he always says whatever he says twice. Yeah. One more, one more question, and we got to move on. That's one more question, and we got to move on. Hey, man, hey, once, Mike, I give like, it to okay. me once. I like okay. that. Hey, you tell them when you get out on time, like I yeah. told you to. I will. I now will I know why he time. does it. <laughs> and the third Piccadilly, he just did it right there. We talked about the Browns for an hour and forty minutes because he's panicked that the segment of our audience that only cares about the Browns is going to leave because we're talking about Cavs. That is why he, he throws that in there. <laughs> so there you go. All three fair. All fair, right? All, I, Jace I, medical let me tell you read? something. I couldn't love Mike more than I do. No, I couldn't, couldn't love him more. I call He's him fantastic. the vertebrae of the show. I'll I mean, do, I'll do pick it, my own Piccadillies. I'll do my own, too. But I'll do them another day because we've already wasted too much What would time. you give yourself as a grade? Uh, about a 506. <laughs> that does not surprise me. No, no, no. I would give myself a 98.5. I would give myself a lower grade than I give Mike. The Jace Medical read is without a doubt the hardest read I've ever had to do. Well, because we hear it multiple times, and then you're you're talking first person and you're saying, I can't imagine a more terrifying situation. (laughs) Like, by now, because you've said it so many times, we know it's a read. (laughs) And so we also know that you probably could. Also, Jace Medical, don't listen to this part. There are so many, like, insert personal stories about a loved one being sick, and I'm just not going to do that. Like... (laughs) I'm not. So well, I skip half. Like I skip just, half of it. Just concern him about me. I'm sick all the time anyway. Bush, Let's put him in there. There's always something. My loved one, G. How about this? Bull. Talk about Earl. He's been sick for like three weeks. My beloved, Earl needs to call Chase Medical. Can he call Chase Medical? My beloved Earl and G. Bush <laughs> have been diagnosed with the combination of the sniffles, the bloody throats, and the bloody. G, G was puking Well, that was blood. G. Remember G had yeah. the bloody oh, throat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And G, my beloved. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to call Jace my beloved medical. friend G. Bush. <laughs> so you know, after uh, suffering from next, a horrible bloody throat, pause. <laughs> <laughs> next week, bull. Here's my promise to you, CSS fans. Yes. Next Thursday, Jace Medical is only on Thursdays. I will fill in all the blanks with real. Call situations. around to some of your beloved relatives and get <laughs> personal anecdotes. Yes, please. Spice up that read. I want we an will. anecdote. Next Thursday, we will do I the, a, the best Jason Medical I want a correct pronunciation of now, amoxicillin. You know what's going to happen next yeah. Thursday. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. He's going to come in here and said, so I had a buddy in college. He's itching in a real sensitive area. So I, my buddy says to me, hey, where can I call and get some life-saving antibiotics? Uh, <laughs> I will Don't make bring this, that anecdote. I will make this the best Jace Medical read oh, I can't of wait. all time. Uh, last night, the Cavs-Bucks game was... You know, honestly, the Bucks were on life support. They might need to call Jace Medical after what happened. To <laughs> they need antibiotics. Last night, the Cavs won by 40, their largest margin of victory. It was 23-2 to after four minutes. G, I was at the game. I know you watched. you want to start with your thoughts? I want to do a little bit on the game and then a little bit on Amazon purchasing a stake in Valleys uh, and what that could mean for fans of the Cavs and Guardians. First and forward. foremost, uh, listen, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, I, 
I don't like how they look. You know, obviously they got some um, Damian Lillard hit a, a big time, you know, three a couple of days ago, buzzer beater. But the defense, the defensive approach that they got, the, the Bucks have, have, have fallen two, three ranks. And I know that they're, they're you know, they're trying to figure it out for the postseason, but I just don't like the way they look. Chris Middleton is taking two or three steps back. Um, Dame is not as explosive as I once saw him. Um, and uh, Giannis is complaining, talking about, I don't know what we're doing, uh, you know, defensively, and they got a new coach. So, I don't know how all that w- rolls into it. But Did like, Jimmy hire that coach? It's, he might have, because he looked like he looked They got smoked, and it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Now, here's what I do want to say. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell, man. We, we, we be trying to trade this man for about five, six weeks now. He came out with, it, with intention, and he, he played his tail off. To me, it's not even close. Donovan Mitchell is way better than Darius Garland. I'm just going – like, I just feel like he's – Is there a, any debate? I don't think anybody thought that. I mean, good. I There's mean, no debate. No, there never not. was. Uh, he, he's a super ah, – here we go. But Man. the problem is – and I've seen people lately say, just trade Garland, trade Garland. Well, you can't because yeah. you know Donovan's going to leave. Yeah. Whether it's this season, at the end of next year, or the year Garland's after. Garland's the future because Mitchell is not. It, right. And he's right. spectacular. Like, like Donovan Mitchell, when he gets into, like, we got to give some flowers. When he gets into that mode where he's like, I'm going to get to the rack and I'm going and I'm going to get here. And he starts playing aggressively from the jump. I th- I, I got to give it to Jared Allen. Jared Allen been playing out his mind. I've called that man out all last year. See, that's the difference between me and y'all. See, y'all don't come back. If you, I, my, my takes when they're horrible, when I tell you, you you're garbage or you're not playing well, they, they like over the top. So if you balling, I gotta give you over the top love. Fair. He's been magnificent. Like he's been like aggressive. He's got he's he's been dominant on the boards. He's been uh, you know he's been aggressive. He's been looking for a shot. He's been physical. Uh, shout out to Jared Allen. I think they've been they found a new and, and JB Bickerstaff. We've been trying to get rid of you for weeks too, and you slap you you slowly but surely have the hottest team in the I, league. What about Max Struess? He's in, he's yeah, well, hey, we, we can't talk about the game yesterday. Talk about George Niang, who put in a yeah, career. Oh, that's points. Mini, uh, 33 points. I, 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 that's my bad. I said Max Drews, and I meant George Niang. Yeah, Niang, Niang, that was the best performance yeah. we've seen out of him. That's the best of his career. Since he's had a Cavs uniform on. And to your point on Jared Allen, he's going to probably break the record for the most straight double-doubles by Cavalier. I think he's one shy now, so he needs two more to break the record. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to say this, and I know everybody's going to look at me like I'm absolutely nuts. I think we need a move at the deadline. I can't trade Darius because of what you said, Mm -hmm. but I can trade Mobley. And I have come to the realization that this team can get a haul for Mobley. (sighs) I know it hurts. And every time I ask anybody in the know if he's going to be traded, everybody tells me the same thing. Oh, no, he's off limits. Here's what I've seen in his absence. Better ball movement, better team basketball. We we don't need two of him, and we have two of him, and I just haven't seen the progression. Now, we might trade him, and he might grow into that superstar that we thought he was going to, but there's also a chance that he's hit a ceiling, and he's this is who he is, because I've seen it for too many years in a row now. This is, you know, I thought for sure we'd see a step forward this year. I haven't seen it. I have seen it from Jared Allen. So... To me, he is a piece and a big piece. We can get a nice haul for him 
And look what we've done without them. 13 yeah. and 14 and 3. Now, they haven't beaten anybody, right, Mike? Is that fair? No, they haven't. They have played a relatively games. weaker schedule, but with that being said, their best, yeah. their best version of the team this year is one big and four shooters. Without question. And Jared Allen plays the one big role significantly better, better than Mobley does. But now, you I'm still not said I'm, that Mo, but Mike, and I agree, and I actually agree with Jay, too. And you said that to me before the show, and I said, well, why not trade Mobley then? And you said no. Everybody that Jason, – Jason looks at me when I say that. No, he's not going anywhere. I he is here. I well, think it's one think of those situations, Jay, where theoretically speaking, in a vacuum, yes, it makes sense. But in the big picture – and we're gonna, I'm going to ask this question tomorrow of whether or not you think it – so don't – let's wait till tomorrow. But whether or not you think it's the midway point of the season or the Cavs legitimate contenders or not – are they in that small bubble of teams that okay, you would not we'll be shocked? Okay, hold that for tomorrow. And the reason I ask that, and you can think about this for that conversation, if you think they could be in that small bubble, then maybe you do push all your chips in. If you don't think you are, do you push a Mobley chip in when you're still on the outside looking in? If you don't think you are, and you don't move proactively to get into that small bubble, then why are we here? So we can finish it's a, fourth it's a again? Fair question. Right now we're in question. the four, and the Knicks are in the five. Guess where that's headed? <laughs> We've seen that story before. And everybody talks about the Browns. Hey, we got to shake it up. We've got to make changes. This wasn't good enough. So key coaches were fired. There will be key personnel decisions made. Same thing with the Cavs. They don't get a pass. We weren't happy with how things ended last year. It's the equivalent to the way the Browns season went. You were super excited going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then someone stuck a broomstick into your front spokes and you went flying off the bicycle. Now, they did make changes to the roster. They but, made changes to the yeah. roster. However, to, to Mike's question, and I won't give the answer, all I will say is because I'm going to answer your question the way I'm going to answer it, I'm not going to just sit here and hope to have different results. That's the definition of insanity. Yeah. Well, yes, the, the you know, other teams, they're sitting fourth right now, but here's the problem. They're five games from being out of the playoffs. Yes. Or, or not even five games. And if the playoffs started, they, would they could the lose to anybody. Like, you got the, the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers. We all know that they're good. But then you got the Knicks at five. The Heat are back at six. The Pacers just got past Kelsey Yakum. <laughs> and uh, the Magic were a hot team in the beginning of the season. But the Magic give the Cavs the business it, in a bad matchup. It, the Magic be, are huge. Beyond even the first round, Mike, is there any chance that the Cavs could win a series against Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee in the playoffs? It's possible. You think so? I, it's, possible, I mean, it's possible, yes. It's possible. Because to say no, you'd have to be 100% certain that well, they can't. Is it possible but like one out of ten times? I think it's unlikely, Mike. Here's the dilemma with the – if you trade a Mobley situation. The teams in the East are all giant. I know. And this NBA season, if it's proven anything, it's that bigs are kind of back in. Now, they're multifaceted unicorn bigs who are staples in the paint, which isn't necessarily the Cavs to bigs. However, it is – tough to win let's say Jared Allen gets in foul trouble if Damian James is your backup center at that point if you want to go four and one out like that's a tough and, and you obviously would get a big back for Mobley if that's the move you wanted to go but I why don't there's hesitations about getting rid of your two bigs in a year where the bigs have dominated basketball just so. why, why can't they just stagger them bring Jared Allen off the bench was it like you could still run one, one out in five in. You still got shooters around him coming off the bench. Karis Levert's playing a lot of minutes. Merrill's playing a lot of minutes. Merrill could hoop, by the way. Right. He's not just a shooter. He could hoop. They, they let Dean Wade shoot 12 threes now. 
They let just let him. Deaton Way got the green light now. He just pulls up because they play him one big and, and four out. So why not just move him to the bench? Here's here's what I'm gonna. Here's what what's gonna be interesting. What happens when Darius Garland gets back and he needs to rock? Listen, as much as I I I, I hear what you're saying, to Bull's point, you cannot move him. Maybe I don't know that you if you bring move him, off him the, you're basically starting over. You are. Because you're making one run this year, and unless, then you're starting unless over. Unless you can do this, and then I would go another step further. You talk about a nuclear day. I bring Mitchell in, and I say, we want an extension, or we're going to move you immediately. What is it? Feet to fire. Yeah. He'll probably if, say, move me. Then bye-bye. Yeah, right. It's the inevitable. It's going to happen. Then right. get something for and, him. And, now, but you say, go ahead. If he says, talk to me about this extension. What do we look like moving forward? Yeah. We're going to move Darius and Mobley and get a haul for them. Here, here, here's another thing, too, <laughs> McNuggets. Now, yeah. I might get fired yeah. Yeah, right. as the general manager, but I don't think yeah. this team is winning a championship nah. as constant. It's here, a tricky here, spot. Here's the thing, McNuggets. If you want a max deal now. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's only a couple places you're going to get a max deal at. Everybody's locked up. Oh, you can't just dip into the luxury tax like that. Right, right, right. And it's hard to move those deals, too, with the second luxury. And that's the key. The Garland thing not only is... I mean, you don't want to trade Darius Garland. He's a phenomenal player. But in the hypothetical world where you were to trade Darius Garland, there aren't a lot of teams that could absorb a $50 million salary without going right. to that second no. luxury tax. And, the, that's, mm. and it's a very good point. But, and, and that might be the league's response or answer to the players controlling where the movement happens. Guys, do we know how, how TV ratings are for the NBA this year? I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I'm not sure. But the I'm Amazon sure. thing, is that's what you're getting at, Bull. Is going to change. How well, I don't think we really have time to talk about it now. We should probably. We'll no? save that. Yeah, right. We'll save that. You're right. You're right. I, I was just going to say. We'll I, give the news because we've teased it. The news is that yeah. Amazon buys Bally's. Right. And but to, they're not getting the, the Guardians as part of this. Which doesn't make sense to me. I thought when I first heard the news, yeah. they were. The idea of the Cavs and Guardians being on Amazon, I was very excited. And then I read that the Guardians have nothing to do with this deal. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't like it nearly as much on. then. I don't like it nearly as much. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs might be, but like. You could, right now, I can't watch the Guardians. Now I gotta, I'm going to have to figure it out by baseball season. Right. Because I have YouTube TV. I can't, yeah. even if I get the MLB extra innings, it's blacked out here. You know, I can't watch the Guardians. Uh, no, you're, here. you're, here's your only way to get them. Is Direct is TV. You've got to go to Direct TV and get the package. Right. Or, now, if I'm not mistaken, you can get a streaming package through MLB of any team. No, you can buy that, and it, it, it. No, I get. I in the past have gotten MLB extra innings so I could watch the Cubs. You know the Guardians. But you I get would, all the games. Right, but the the Guardians yeah, get blacked out, out, out locally. On, yeah, I didn't know. It's that. just like right. I've never had that package. If I got, so I if I got yeah. well, then you're going to have to get Spectrum or who's your cable provider? I, I use YouTube TV. No, I know, but who is the provider in your area? 
I, it's Cox, but I don't want to spend. I don't want to spend two hundred dollars just for the Guardians. Well, no, you won't have crazy. to. You'll get the bare minimum yeah. package. And here's what I did because yeah. I was in that dilemma. I can't be without Guardians games. No yeah. way. I got the bare minimum package from yeah. my cable company, which is Spectrum. Yeah. I also get my home internet through them. Well, that's what I get my internet. I get my internet through DirecTV, AT and T. Okay, so what I I I'll used just, to be DirecTV too. Yeah. I switched from that yeah. to Spectrum and saved money. Why? Why? Why yeah. don't? Why don't? The, couldn't the Guardians theoretically just say this is the Guardians network? Well, well no, yes. guys, MLB, MLB, try, they, they, MLB wants that. It's still up in the air right now. Major League Baseball has got to make their games more accessible. They do. It's poor right now, As, and I'm really disappointed. Yeah. To hear that detail about the Amazon. Right. If deal. I could pay ten bucks a a month or fifteen bucks a month just to watch the Guardians on Amazon. But that's, to me, it tells me that Amazon wanted it. That's the property that's to have. I, but MLB is telling. No, we're not going to do that. MLB ultimately wants to have what you're know, talking about but with all the teams. According to this deal, and I, it's not been finalized yet, Amazon would get some of the the baseball pack, but teams, not every game. But no, 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 some not of every the teams. Team. Oh, I see. But I not see. the Guardians. Yeah, I don't, okay. And not I don't the like Rangers. That. I don't understand it's all that still at a all. Mess. Okay, we have super chat. Couple super chats. We yeah. read one earlier. Gerald Jack says Stump's gone. Why? Which we talked about earlier. Uh, in the interview, yeah. Deuce Staley. Gerald, if you missed that, go back. We had a whole conversation about that. Dontavious Winston says, I want to be top five in pre-snap motion. Great ones do it. Well, the couple guys we did mention as potential offensive coordinator candidates would be guys who bring yep. a lot of pre-snap motion to the table. Bevel comes from Miami, number one. Robinson from L.A., number two. And last one, Taylor Summer says, I know you guys are more Brown Center, but now that the season's over, we'd love to hear some more Cavs and Guardians talk. Let's go, Cavs. You well, Taylor, will. You're in luck. Yeah. I promise you it's coming. Oh, yeah. That's all. It's, it's a forced pivot, too. Like, like I, I had to dust my Bally's app off. I said, like, let me log into this Bally. See, they got a little $20, $20 streaming package. Actually, my yeah. dad hit me up. Hey, man. Hey, man, what's going on with the Bally's plan? I was like, yeah, man, let me go ahead and pay that. <laughs> ESPN and ABC, NBA viewership game. up 16%. I, I, I don't have time to talk about it, but go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. That was it. All right. All super Chats. Okay, by the way, as all the talk that we had about how we don't like these coaching firings, we have to give the Browns the benefit of the doubt. Now, everybody was screaming Joe Woods had to go last year, yep. but they got that one right. They brought it. So if the organization brings in the equivalent of Jim Schwartz, we'll be the first to applaud that move. And then we'll wait and see what it looks like on the field next year. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.